Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. I am home right now in Long Island in my parents' house, so I am in a carpeted room And it is wild, the difference with the echo when you don't have a carpeted apartment in New York City. I feel like I'm in a recording studio right now, but really I'm in my childhood bedroom. So welcome home with me. (laughs) So we have a really exciting episode today. I interviewed Karina Chaz. She's the founder of Dead Cool. We will get into all things Karina and Dead Cool in a second, but as always, we have to start with what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week. And you know the drill, I want you guys to reflect on what was in and out of alignment for you guys as well, and then we'll breathe in more of what was in alignment this week and release everything that was out of alignment for us this week and leave it in the past. So this week, I would say it was finally good weather in New York. So we have been super cooped up, super, I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, but then it's also been like 20 to 30 degrees outside. So I've barely even been getting, you know, out of the apartment for a walk because it's just not enjoyable. So it was really great having this week to have some good weather, be able to go for a walk and like actually enjoy it and have it be longer than usual. So that's definitely, you know, the first part of what was in alignment for me this week was beautiful weather, going for walks. And I spent the entire week with my boyfriend I have spent the past almost two weeks with him. I was at his place for a week, then he was at mine this week, and then we're going to Florida tomorrow morning. We're waking up at like 5.30 a.m. to be with my family in Florida for the week, so that'll be really nice. But we are not one of those couples who is, you know, attached at the hip, glued to each other at all times at all, so us being together for three weeks straight is is actually different for us. But I think it was really great for me because it allowed me to live life and not be super cooped up and like we had plans with friends, like we were doing things and I feel like when I'm alone, I self-isolate and I just want to edit, I just want to podcast, I'm hyper-focused on everything that I'm doing and all of my dreams and my goals and I don't give myself the room to just enjoy life sometimes and that all goes back to it being 20 degrees in New York and being cooped up but having the balance of amazing weather, having my boyfriend here, even just to go for a walk mid-work day. He is working at his office so I was able to go meet him by his office and go for a walk mid-work day and it was just much needed. The, the warm weather, spending quality time with him, seeing some of our friends, like getting out on the town for once because, you know, we're really only eating outside so or even getting drinks outside. So we're not really doing much unless it's nice weather out. So it was really great to just see some of our friends get out, live life, and not have that like intense anxiety that I've been having over taking things too seriously and freaking out like I was a few months ago when I didn't get things done by, you know, the deadlines that I'm setting for myself. And I just sort of relinquish all of that when I'm, you know, seeing friends and it's good weather out. And I think I really needed that because if you follow me on Instagram, you know, and I've obviously spoken about it on here, I've experienced some intense burnout and I need to really rethink my productivity and my relationship to productivity and balancing that with self-care because that's obviously what you know my message is always about the importance of self-care but that's because I know how hard it is to prioritize self-care as much as you know it's best for you 
it's really hard. That's why this is called Dare to Self-Care. <laughs> so I just had a really good week in terms of balance, in terms of not cooping myself up, in terms of seeing people, being social. So I had a great week in that sense. And I, I only hope for more of that this summer. So then what was out of alignment for me this week? I would say my meditation practice. Ethan is really big on meditation, which is great for me because, you know, we could both be like, okay, we have to meditate or we didn't meditate enough this week and I love that. But my meditation is kundalini and there's definitely some noise, like whether it's the breath work or, you know, when I'm tuning in, you say a mantra. There's a lot of mantra work in it. There's movement. So when we're meditating at the same time, I'm trying not to make too much noise because I don't want to disturb his meditation. And keep in mind, I live in a studio apartment. So this week, my meditation practice just, it wasn't as lengthy as it usually is. I was trying to censor myself a little bit in terms of being hyper aware that we're both meditating at the same time. And I don't know, I just, I skipped it some days. And when I'm with Ethan or anyone, I'm just so used to living alone that it does throw me off and I just get so distracted and I have so much fun with him and he's so funny and like instead of just waking up being sleepy and getting on the meditation pillow, he makes me laugh every single morning, which I love, but I'm just like not as in tune with myself. I'm not as in tune with my needs, my meditation practice when I'm not alone. And I think like we just mentioned, that's really something I need. I don't think it's healthy to self-isolate, but just something to note that I didn't feel as in tune with myself, but honestly, I needed that. I think I was hyper aware of my anxiety and the expectations of myself and all of that kind of stuff last week and feeling super burnt out that I just needed a week of levity and enjoyment and that's what I had this week. So there's always a positive in every negative. And I think I was just starting to get a bit anxious going into summer with, you know, more temptations and more plans that I'm not going to be able to hustle as hard as I have been. And that does give me a bit of anxiety, but I think this week just showed me that it is needed and I'm just going to have to readjust to a new routine and make it work. You know, Ethan had plans on Saturday day and he wanted me to come, not in like a pressured way, but just invited me to join. And I said, you know, I feel like I have not gotten anything done and we're going to be on a flight on Monday. And I just, I feel like I have to edit. I feel super anxious about it. And he was like, go edit, do your thing. Like, he's so supportive and I needed that. And all that to say, I think I just put pressure on myself sometimes when I'm with him or when I'm with my family, like that I can't be working also. So I think I just need to readjust my mindset going into summer and really enjoy all the moments where I can socialize and be outside to the fullest, but readjust my routine to make it work. I think that Sundays have always been a huge work day for me, and the past few Sundays have been thrown off a bit just because, you know, birthday plans and random things here and there, but I think once I can get back to working on Sundays, on the podcast, on YouTube and everything, it'll be fine. This is me just talking myself out of the anxiety on the podcast. Thank you for coming to my therapy session. Okay, so let's all together breathe in what was in alignment and breathe out and exhale what was out of alignment for us this week. Felt good. Okay, so as I mentioned, this week's episode, and as you saw in the title, is with Karina Chaz of Dead Cool. I am so excited for this one because she just exudes such a calming energy with such confidence at the same time. I don't know how to explain it other than that you're going to feel so calmly inspired from this episode. She somehow can speak in such a calm manner, but she doesn't lose you because she's so inspiring and and confident and it's just wild I've really never met anyone like her and I think she's just so awesome and you could take so much from her and her perspective and her story it's so unique so she grew up in Los Angeles I will let her tell you her story but she really just spent time experimenting in her family's laboratory mixing various concoctions because her parents were in the clean beauty space growing up and Eventually, she'll tell you the whole founding story, but eventually she founded Dead Cool. And that was in 2016 at 21 years old. She created the Dead Cool line as an extension of her passion for cologne, masculine scents, and green beauty. And she says that the brand Dead Cool just disrupts the world of fragrance by creating a line that's unisex, vegan, 
cruelty-free, non-toxic, and they all have a really naturally chic edge. She's just really changing the way that we view fragrance, which I think is so, so unique and amazing. And she sent me a bunch of samples of her Dead Cool scents, and they're just so good. Like, guys, these scents are so incredible. It is insane how she makes them non-toxic and unisex, and, you know, she uses essential oils, and it's just... So, so impressive that it really just stemmed from a passion at a young age. And I I just think it's so cool. But she'll tell you all about that. We also talk about, you know, gender association with fragrance, creating a fragrance brand that's rooted in health and wellness and clean, non-toxic products, the creative process behind creating those scents. She also tells the story about how she rejected selling her fragrance to Twilight, the movies, you know, the movie series Twilight, they asked her to buy her scent off her at 16 years old and she said no. So that's definitely an interesting story. And then we talk obviously a lot about self-care and how hiking is a great form of self-care and, you know, losing that work-life balance during the pandemic and while working from home, like our boundaries have just been blurred. And then of course she gives advice for how to turn your passion into profit and how to turn your passion and your hobby into your job. So if any of you guys out there want to do that, definitely keep on listening. (laughs) So before we head into the episode, I just want to give you a friendly reminder to please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. You can subscribe. And all that does is when you open your podcast app, when there's a new episode, any podcast that you're subscribed to, it'll come up. So you don't have to search to see if there's a new episode. It'll just be there waiting for you. And if you rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review, it takes such a short amount of time, but it helps people find our community and in turn helps us get amazing guests. And it really just makes me happy, okay? <laughs> and if you're not following us over at Dare to Self Care Pod on Instagram, definitely give it a follow. I always allow you guys to ask questions for each guest that's coming up. I give you guys the chance to tell me, you know, who you want to see on the podcast. And I really just try to make it a really interactive experience on there because I feel like podcasting is so one-sided. It's not like YouTube where I'm used to you guys commenting on the video and telling me your thoughts. So I try to use the Instagram as a way to give us a little community hub. So definitely join us over there if you haven't already. And Let's get into the episode with Karina. Hi, Karina. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I always start with, I ask my guests their top self-care tip that's played a role in their success. So I will give you the floor to let us know your favorite self-care ritual. (sighs) So that's a tough one. I mean, when you have your own business, you have to really create boundaries for yourself and really understand how self-care can really play into your success. So I'm still working on it. There's things that I'm trying to tackle every day, but it's really understanding the bigger picture. And for me, it's learning how to let go. And, you know, there's a control aspect when you have your own business and, you know, you're a manager of some sort. So my biggest self-care tip and ritual would definitely be understanding that, you know, you have to put yourself first grinding is great but at the same time wear is not and after a long day at work I always make sure to prioritize my health if it's that if it's taking a bath if it's hiking cupping leaving my phone in the car so these are things I'm slowly but surely working on and it's not always easy but it's definitely you know monumental in the bigger scheme of things Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting that your self-care tip is sort of more of a mindset than like a tangible activity, but you mentioned a bunch of activities in there, which was interesting. And I think the leaving your phone at home or putting it away is probably the hardest one because it's not as fun as, you know, the other ones like going for a hike and some other fun activities that we might do. I think that one is sort of more of a challenge for sure. Definitely. It's, I'm trying to be bad at my phone, so it's not quite working, but I just like envy people who 
are like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see your text. I was doing something. And I'm just yeah. like, I see everyone's <laughs> texts all the time and every yeah. email. So yeah, it's, it's a control thing yeah. too. completely. It goes with everything you were saying about trying to relinquish control, like to put your phone away and miss emails and miss what's going on. It's such a control thing. I think we can all try to work on that more in 2021. I'm not sure it will get any easier or if we're act- we'll actually do it, but we can all try, right? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I definitely want to start with, I've heard your founding story of Dead Cool. I think it is such an inspiring and unique story. So I would just love for you to share that with our listeners because it's so awesome. Take it back. Of course. So (laughs) take it back. Um, Where do I start? I started Dead Cool when I was 21. I was 16. I'm sorry. In 2016, I was 21, not 16. Um, I was very much in like a pivotal stage in my life where I was coming into myself as a young adult and also finding my place. And I come from a background of manufacturing and beauty and growing up, I really never had interest. I know my parents had always, you know, hoped and dreamed I would take over their company and they make and manufacture products for skincare brands, body care brands, most spa and hotel groups. And when you're young, I guess you're really resistant of what your parents tell you. And alongside that, um, I grew up in a very kind of like hippie dippy household. My, I grew up in LA and born and raised. So from there, you can kind of see like the early Erewhon movement, the green movement and My mom uh, started her brand in 1987, and this was kind of like the first look, and she was a pioneer of the green beauty space. And just, I remember thinking like, that's so weird. I want to eat Nutella sandwiches like all my friends. And (laughs) my mom was like, no, you're eating organic vegetables. And I didn't appreciate it until my later years. But with all of that being said, I grew up in their facility again no interest in ever doing anything in you know the beauty world just a personal thing I'm quite the opposite of like beauty I don't wear makeup I don't do my hair like I don't do my nails it's funny because now I I'm in an industry where I can cross over to fashion and beauty which I have always loved fashion and design and that's kind of where it stemmed and scent to me was always something that intrigued me because from scent it's not only one of the strongest of your five senses it really kind of can create an identity based off of your personal aesthetic, who you are, who you aspire to be. And Mm -hmm. I always made my own fragrances uh, for myself. I remember I desired the conventional brands, but I was never allowed to wear them because of the ingredient makeup. And my mom would always send me to Whole Foods and I would always experiment with essential oils. And it then started, you know, a passion project of mine. I've been creating scents since I was 13 years old. And when I had the idea for Dead Cool, it really wasn't a clear business idea. I didn't have a business plan. I just made fragrances for myself to share with others. And I couldn't find the green fragrances I wanted. And I more so have a interest in men's cologne, but also kind of understanding that there doesn't necessarily need to be a gender associated with fragrance and understanding that it's really just a marketing ploy from big name brands. And that's mm-hmm. how they kind of get you and understanding that, you know, beauty can be what you make it. So I started dead cool in 2016. I didn't launch it until mid 2017. And again, like this was just a passion project and somehow I ended up here, which is like really crazy to think about. <laughs> Yeah. So something that struck me with what you just said is, you know, growing up, your parents wanted you to be one thing and we all rebel against that. But I would argue that, well, first of all, you clearly followed the entrepreneurial path. So I think somewhere in there you were, 
you know, watching them create their own thing. And maybe you didn't want to follow in their footsteps, but you wanted to do that same thing for yourself. And also not everyone really does have the guts to rebel against their parents. A lot of people get caught in that, you know, these people who run my life are telling me what to do. I I can't possibly do something else. So I, I just think that's interesting that you actually did follow in their footsteps in a way. Definitely. Yes. I mean, they've been my biggest support group, my inspiration. Um, I, I'm an only child, so I grew up with my pet, like they were all I had. So seeing this, I guess was like second nature to me when I actually started my business. I had spent so much time in their office, their facility. It was just a part of my upbringing and from there, I did, you know, I took business classes and I always had an interest in business. I just didn't want it to be beauty, which is mm-hmm. funny because, you know, I was an art major and I wanted to focus on galleries and curating. And now it's funny to see that I've definitely submerged myself into the beauty world. Yeah. So it sounds like you, I was going to ask you when you came into, you know, realizing that you wanted to make non-toxic products and make them super safe and clean. But it sounds like it was like that from the beginning, which I didn't realize because your parents weren't letting you get those perfumes for that reason. So I also noticed that on your website, it's, you know, education is like the second tab on Dead Cool. So, I mean, it sounds like it started from your mom, you know, telling you you can't do something, but it seems like you sort of have your own appreciation for clean beauty as well now. Definitely. I mean, Deadpool was founded on being clean and non-toxic. There wasn't really uh, a space for that when Deadpool started. And I'd like to think that, you know, I've inspired others to think twice about their fragrances. But going back, I started really valuing health, wellness, green beauty, green products when I was, I was 18, maybe. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is right. When I, I think it was more so the opportunity and the accessibility that came with the green beauty movement. There really wasn't much of that. The green idea was really like, oh, hippie, granola. And now you're seeing products left and right that are ultra chic, even more chic than like the big name brands. And totally, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, everything from like my lifestyle to my beauty products, my regimen, everything is... Uh, focused on uh, health and wellness and green beauty and how I live my life and mm-hmm. how I will continue living my life. It's funny now because my parents are like, you're crazier than we are. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what shifted, but it's it's funny. I'm now very conscious and again, like wanting to be this conscious consumer and doing mm-hmm. what's best for my health and hoping to inspire people based off of that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say, you know, you're really focused on health and wellness because I don't think that many people would look at a fragrance company and think health and wellness. They would think more beauty. So it's interesting how you're saying, you know, I'm not into beauty, I'm into health and wellness, which it sort of makes me think about your anti-stress remedy product. So how was did that stem from health and wellness for you? Like how important was that to you to create a product that's not just fragrance or chapstick and something that can actually help with stress and anxiety relief. So the anti-stress product, we make and manufacture everything in-house. So once Dead Cole started really getting traction, I took over my parents' uh, building. So downstairs, we make and manufacture everything. And all the people, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And I feel so lucky to have the facility and the people who work here have been with my parents' company since the 80s, and now they work for me, which is so funny to think about. But the anti-stress, uh, anti-stress product really stemmed from the, an urgency, the need from of the pandemic. We, like I said, have the capability to really make anything. And for me, I was like, I need to stop all of my uh, all of my launches. I want to focus on what the consumer needs, which could be hand wash, hand lotion, anti-stress. So it was really just a way for Dead Cool to pivot and create an extension of things. The anti-stress is a limited edition. 
as time moves forward and as time you know, moves past the pandemic, Deadpool is solely going to be focusing on fragrance and how you can experience fragrance in a new way. So hence the detergent and we have a launch um, the 3rd of March. So you'll start to see different ways to extend, experience, uh, have a relationship with fragrance, which one might not have thought about uh, in the past. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited for that launch. So how do you get inspired creatively to come up with things like detergent or certain scents? Like what is your creative process? Do you, you know, have a collective brainstorm with your company and thinking about like what scents remind you of what? Like how do you even come up with these scents? Because that's a very specific, it's not just coming up with like, oh, I want a skincare product that's hydrating. Like scents is super specific and mixing different oils. Like how do you come up with that? So it's funny, I was actually just having a conversation with someone about this and they asked what inspired me and, you know, this year or 2020 and 2021, there's really been no travel and I've spent a lot of my career traveling, meeting stores, meeting people. And I am really inspired by my own personal growth and I embody myself in what my palette is at the time in the sense are created for me to share with my consumer. I mean, originally it was fragrances I would wear and share with my friends. And now, you know, we have like 50,000 customers, which is crazy to think about. It's funny because as I grow and evolve, my palette shifts and you see, we have 11 fragrances total. And just, I guess it's like a coming of age and growing with my company because it is such, again, a personal project of mine, but I've never liked rose. I've never been interested in certain compositions. And now you see me kind of incorporating all of these things. And it's really mostly experimenting in trial and error, thinking about what sense I'm intrigued by at the time. But I wish I could say like, I'm inspired by travel or I'm inspired by, you know, this thing that's happening in my life, but it's really so personal. And When it comes to products like detergent and products that you wouldn't necessarily see from a fragrance company, they're really just products I want. Or people have asked me, like, can you make a linen spray? Can you make a room spray? And for me, that doesn't interest me. It doesn't excite me. I want to see something new and I want to kind of blur lines and break boundaries and figure out, you know, how fragrance and scent can really just come into play in different parts of one's life. So product development, scents, personal, (laughs) my personal (laughs) desires and, you know, interests. And then again, like communicating that to the consumer and focusing on education. And I think it's such a strong platform that we have. And, you know, we're, we're now pivoting into like, new marketing assets. So people will start to see a little more um, light on why I'm creating the things I'm creating. And I think when you have a startup, it's very scrappy in the beginning. And at this point in time, like everything is very much like serious and secure and we have timelines and Mm -hmm. it's funny to see the business evolve as I evolve as a young female founder. It sounds like you, you know, it just sounds like a talent and a gift. Like, you know, most people have, you would say like, oh, they have such an eye for design or whatever it is. You literally have a nose for it. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. It just comes naturally to you. You're not pulling inspiration from anything. It just like comes to you. And that's really, really awesome. Yeah. Fragrance. I've always had a, a sense for fragrance. Um, <laughs> growing up, my mom would like pick flowers and be like, this is what eucalyptus smells like. And this is what pink peppercorn smells like. And I started developing interest based off of the things that she would show me. And it's funny now, cause I have a friend who um, she runs a preschool and she was like, this is like very good for developmental, you know, especially in young people. And I was like, right. that's so funny. Cause my mom did that yeah. my whole life and I never thought twice about it, but now I'm seeing that she's definitely like molded me into this. It's so funny when you look back and realize like who played such a significant role in your life or certain situations that played such a significant role in your life that you don't realize until you're 
sort of on the other side of it or just through growth. So that's really interesting. But I also, I noticed that you said, you know, you were just making it at first for you and your friends. And I want you to tell this, the twilight story of it all, because it really, it really reminds me of, I was in Union Square the other week in New York and there's always like a green market and all these vendors come out and there was this woman there. I have her candle right here. Aroma Demarie is the name of the candle or her brand. And she was selling candles all made from natural essential oils. And I am like such a candle snob. So I was asking her all about it. And she was like, yeah, I just started making them for me and my friends. And then, you know, people wanted them. So I started a business out of it. And your story really reminds me of that, like just taking a passion and something that you were naturally interested in and doing for fun and making it a business. Then, But then also what can happen when you just start diving into your passions and putting yourself out there sort of makes me realize, you know, the twilight of it all. Um, yeah. It's just like the things that can happen and fall into your lap from just doing what you love. So I would love for you to share that story. Yeah. So when I was, let's see, how old was I? I think I was a junior in high school and my parents, like, again, I was resistant teenager. They were like, you are so good at composing fragrances. Like, why don't you compose something for us? And I did, again, like just as a fun summer project, I made fragrances under their brand, which were just like roll on. And I was like 17 years old. So I was like, I want to feel fun and I want to be cute and still like (laughs) discovering who you are at the, like when you're 16, 17, you're still like trying to find out things about yourself and I made four fragrances and you know it didn't like go anywhere or nothing really came of it but first I don't know how exactly it got into the hands of the um, Twilight franchise product developers I'm not sure I just remember they offered, they called you know my mom and they asked if we wanted to sell that fragrance to them and the fragrances taunt one of our best sellers. So I actually did create uh, that fragrance when I was 16 and they, (laughs) my mom asked me, she's like, do you want to sell this to these people? And I was like, I mean, I don't want to sell it to them because maybe I would like it for something later in my life. Thank God I had this thought because it's our best seller. Um, I just thought to myself, like I, I, didn't want to sell it. And I was like, maybe ask if I can make fragrance for them. I think that would be really interesting to learn how to like properly make fragrance. And you had this thought at 16. Well, it was, I think, I don't remember the conversation, but it was more so like my mom asking me and I was just like, I, it was more so I just like, didn't want to give it to them. I was like, no, I don't want to sell this. Like I made it. It was like a possessive thing. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. one day I'm going to start a business. It was just like, I don't want them to have it. And we don't think about money at that age really. So exactly, like, you just, you're like, no, I want it for myself. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. But if it was more so like, if I share it with them, then everyone is going to smell like me. And I didn't want that, (laughs) which is like, so so funny. funny. (laughs) And then what happened was, I, you know, offered them, like, I would come help make a fragrance and compose it. And that's kind of how I learned how to properly make fragrance. I like to say I'm an untrained nose, but I did have a little bit of training and I ended up making, it was for the last movie. I didn't see it, but I did make the fragrance. It wasn't like, it was like a franchise, you know, like they licensed the name and they made the fragrance and it was sold in like airports were you making the scent before the movie came out or after? During. Well, the scent for okay. them I made. Oh, actually, I don't know. I think it I was just, before. I'd be curious like, why they didn't give you some early access to maybe help with coming up with the scent. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I just like didn't care. They were like, what would Bella <laughs> smell like? I was like, I don't know. But I imagine it to be like dark and woodsy. And So you got a vibe. You knew. Yeah, I I had seen the first like few movies and I just kind of like took it as an opportunity and I was homeschooled the last semester of senior year so I could actually like 
focus on creating this fragrance, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because after that, like, I didn't even think like, huh, maybe this will be my future. Maybe I'll make fragrances one day. But like, it still didn't spark. Yeah. That's so crazy because normally that would be like, oh, this is my time. This is my moment. But when you're that age, you're just like, okay, this is fun. Like, we'll see. We'll, yeah. Like, that. that's all it is. So that's very interesting sort of how it's now manifested into so much more. And so now you're an entrepreneur. And as a founder of a company in a pandemic, it must be super stressful. But I've also, I feel like there have been, okay, obviously mental health is the issues are on the rise more than ever but there have been some mercs of positivity in terms of like slowing down oh yeah yeah so I'm curious like as a founder in a pandemic have you seen both have you seen more stress more benefit in slowing down like what's your experience been it's really interesting because of course at the start of the pandemic everyone was just in panic and I was also panicked. I didn't know if I could operate my business and if I couldn't operate my business, then I would like lose time and lose momentum. And that was something I was really worried about. I was also worried about people wearing fragrance in the pandemic. I was, I like still don't wear jewelry. I haven't worn jewelry since the hit of it. I haven't, you know, you kind of like lose a sense of things and you come to appreciate others So I was really scared. And for the first, like, I think month, everything was put on hold. I just remember, like, I didn't get any emails. No one knew what was going on. And then, you know, it was interesting to see we had, like, our best month last March, which, or, you know, now it hasn't been. But at the time, it was our best month in March. And I was like, this is, like, really interesting. But it did it did force me to slow down and I really needed to because I have these moments of like, I am burnt out. I am overworked. I am just like hustling to the, I was traveling to New York and traveling to San Francisco and, you know, every night was networking uh, events. Like it was just endless and I never had time for myself. I didn't prioritize myself when the pandemic hit. I mean, it's horrible to see what, it has done to families, to business owners, ever like everyone affected is it's just been so hard. And I feel so lucky to have a job and to mm-hmm. be thriving. I mean, I would say this is like the best I've been in a really long time. Of course, like the weight of the world has taken its toll and I've been stressed and, you know, the election was really stressful and I've had yeah. moments, but Overall, I would say this had forced me to slow down, stop what I was doing, focus on my mental health, focus on where I needed to be in my company and the growth of it, which mm-hmm. I never had a second to slow down and think about what I was doing. I was just go, go, go. And it burnt me out. And I mean, I still, right now, it's like I'm probably working more than I did before. But again, like <laughs> focusing on those things. Like, do I need to hike? Do I need to be away from my phone? Do I need to sit in bed all day on Saturday and not feel bad about it and not answer emails? I, it's, it's a very interesting time, but I do feel really lucky because it's given me the opportunity to think further and extensively about what I'm doing and where I want to see the growth. So there's been a lot of restructuring, especially for 2021 in the works yeah I can definitely relate to now feeling better than ever I would say the first six to eight months of the pandemic I was a mess and mentally just like destroyed but once I got my bearings and realized like oh this isn't just we're in a pandemic like this is a two-year thing and we got to readjust and we got to settle in and like once I settled in now we can look back and appreciate, obviously, like you said, aside from all of the other stressors, illness, election, everything else, we can at least appreciate where I can slowing down and having that time for me. Even just like, I agree with you that I'm working more than ever, but I don't have to worry about going to an event at night. I don't have to worry about even like, 
even things like going to dinner with my friends, like as much as I love to do that, you sort of have that time back to, even though I'm sure you're the same as me where we're also putting it into work, but at least you do have that time back to do some self-care and just slow down when you need to because you're at your computer, you're next to your computer all day long, like it'll be there waiting for you. So I find it interesting that you keep saying hiking Is that something that just like lights you up? Is that your favorite form of self-care? It has definitely been the star of the pandemic for me. I (laughs) don't know what I would do without it. I did a lot of like at-home Pilates, which was great, but I need to recharge. And I am now looking at everything as a whole. And it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's funny because people are like, what's new? And I'm like, I work, I hike. (laughs) I see my boyfriend, I see my one friend and that's it. And it's like a way for me again to like step away because it's really hard, especially working from home. I'm very lucky I have an office or I can go into my office. A lot of us are remote, but I at least have some normal day-to-day behavior. I get in my car and I go to an office and, you know, I've had like a scare where I may have been exposed and I worked at home and I was like, this is hard because you can't separate your work from your home life. And I was working at like two in the morning just because like I had been so like steamed up about work and it's really important to just take a step back. And I never had time for myself. I never did the things I wanted to do. Like maybe I would go to a workout class and use class pass and, It's just like, I don't even like doing that. I like being outside. I like being in nature. I like seeing the sunset at this point, you know, like I go hiking right after work and it just like not only wears me out. So I'm not wired when I go to bed, but it just gives me the opportunity to just like take a deep breath, focus on like myself and just prioritize that, which in the past four years has really not been the case yeah I'm so jealous of that because I'm in a snowy 20 degree New York right now and I agree with you that number one when I'm like okay so I have a YouTube channel if I'm editing my video at night like after my full-time job and I'm editing until even like 11 30 p.m to go right into bed after that like I'm so wired and awake and like my wheels are turning so to go for even though it doesn't have to be a hike but like even just to go for a walk right before bed I actually think that's a great tip just to like let off some steam and like wear yourself out a bit to then be able to get home and you know when you go for a hike or you do a workout or whatever sometimes you just want to like plop onto bed so that's actually great advice and something I've been trying to get out more because it's so hard in the winter here definitely not leaving my apartment at night because there's no sunshine and it's even colder yeah so it's just been really difficult I think for New Yorkers right now but I definitely agree that a walk like over the summer and spring and fall was like my saving grace because sitting in the apartment working all day long working before bed like there's no boundaries there's no like I'm home from work now it's time to unplug or whatever it is. It's like there's none of those lines anymore. So I think it's important to carve out that time to go for a hike, go for a walk, just like get out. And sometimes I definitely need to take my own advice. So yeah, I think after we record this, I think I need to go for a walk. Yeah, it's good to just like make a trip, you know, get a coffee, do something, yeah. have the intention of going somewhere. But of course, like if I was in New York, I feel like I would you know be at yeah. home it's a hard time to be a New Yorker right now yeah sure. I do really miss New York I, I mean yeah. I love it so much it's just really hard in the winter it's, oh yeah I mean it's a tough place to live in general it's yeah it's not it's hustle, easy hustle hustle and so when it's hustle 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 in the winter and we're not really going anywhere it's just it's like a weird time right now because 
I don't, it's just a weird time. I feel like in winters in the past, it's like you're all bundled up. You're going here. You're going there. It's like you almost radi- like get some heat and energy from like walking super fast and being a New Yorker. And like we just don't yeah. have that right now. There's no urgency to go anywhere or like yeah. even just the people in Times Square running to get to their show. Like there's none of that anymore. So it's definitely a weird time, but also it's been really nice when it wasn't the winter. So right just we're just waiting for the winter to end here i think for sure yeah it's some point soon coming to yeah (laughs) yeah so i want to ask before we get into the ending segment there's definitely you know a lot of young women listen to this podcast and i want to know your advice for someone who's either you know wants to work for themselves or wants to turn their creative hobbies into a business like you did, like the girl I was talking about who sells her candles in Union Square. Like if someone is, you know, has a creative hobby like that, I guess maybe one tip of advice in terms of like mindset and then maybe one like actual tangible tip on how to start. So it's funny now because there's, you know, I feel like a lot of people are taking their hobbies because they're at home and they're turning it into like, Instagram businesses. I'm seeing a lot of that with food in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if you're seeing that in New York, but everyone's doing like, you know, it's, we have like golden rice and the babka shop and all these really cool things that people are taking, um, you know, their hobbies, turning it into something. My advice would be, you know, have a clear vision of what it is you want and do whatever it takes. I mean, it's not going to be pretty, (laughs) whatever it is to get to that point in time and like really feel it. It's hard to explain, but I just feel like a vision is the first place to start. I mean, a lot of people are like, I have this idea and I'm like, all right, how are you going to get to that idea? How are you going to make it a tangible thing where people can feel it, experience it? What is that for your business? I mean, with fragrance, it's one thing, with clothing, I'm sure it's not there. I don't know the first thing about making clothing or food or it's so funny. I'm like, I only know how to make fragrance and I only know how to do that. But you know, I, it's has to start from somewhere. And the other advice I would give is, you know, patience is everything really just focus and make your end product something that you would be proud of. We live in a society where everything so instant we have uber instagram social media like Mm -hmm. everything is at the tip of your hands or in you know a minute so don't anticipate that this is like an overnight success i mean like sometimes it ends up happening that way but also understand that like social media can be a fabrication of like what's really going on just taking a step back having a vision don't expect instant success and you know really just I like to write everything down I'm very much like a visual person and I like to draw things and that's kind of how I started dead cool was really just like doodling in a notebook and I was like this would be interesting like if I made fragrances what would it look like and what would I stand for and what would the idea be so it's really about understanding your process and how it works for you to get to that end goal. Yeah. And, you know, when you mentioned the overnight success of it all, it just reminds me of that quote that's like, don't compare your day one to someone's day 100. Or I think it goes something like that. And it's like, on Instagram, the people you're seeing probably have a large following and you're seeing the success, but it took them a long time to get there. And sometimes it's so hard And so, I mean, so easy to forget that and so hard not to compare yourself to that because you just want to skip to that. But I think it's important to just remember that they had their own process and journey too. And you have to, I think that it's important to choose something where you're enjoying the journey. Like you genuinely enjoyed making fragrances. So no matter how long it took to see success, you were just enjoying it and it was a passion of yours. So I think it's making sure that you're also choosing something that is something you're passionate about because that's the only way you're going to be consistent and keep going. Yeah. And I didn't start dead cool with, you know, the idea of this would 
be a business someday. And I think maybe that made my journey a little easier. I was still in college. So I was like, I'll just figure it out when I graduate. But I, and you know, I'm four or five years into this now and like still busting my butt and it's not easy and it's hard. And people are always like, Oh, you're so lucky you work for yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm really lucky. But, but if I like, need to step away like nothing is going to get done so right you have to understand that like there's two sides to the coin right so I asked on my Instagram stories if anyone had questions for you and I got an overwhelming amount of the same question which was what does the name dead cool mean so dead cool the name actually was like the last piece to the puzzle. It's funny because I was like a firm believer of we need a name before we start something. It'll cultivate things. The name really stemmed from, you know, myself creating this brand that I was like, who the heck would buy this? Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything. Um, And what you would see on the shelves is like traditional French perfumery, not to mention like male dominated every fragrance house is like a male perfumer and who's to say that like I want him to scent me and all of that and you know it's Deadpool was kind of like an F you to the fragrance world I hate saying it (laughs) and I don't want to be so negative but it was more so just like this is like my interpretation of fragrance like I want cool fragrance and I want it to be exactly how I envision I want it to be green and I want it to be cool. I don't want to compromise. I don't want the people to think because it's green, it's granola. I don't mm-hmm. want this like, you know, association. Like if it's green, it doesn't work like that. I don't know where that came from. It's such a weird phenomenon. I've heard it so many times. I'm just like, that's just I feel not like true. it has to do with the natural deodorant because maybe natural deodorant takes a while to work and I feel like that was yeah. the first thing where people were like let's try this natural product like I feel like that was almost a trend before skincare and don't quote me on that I have no idea but that's I feel like the first time I heard of clean beauty and there's definitely a common theme of it not working for a while so it might have stemmed from that honestly I think so. And I also think a lot of people are very like quick to judge. And sometimes I feel like it's a little unfair for, you know, consumers to be like, oh, this is that. I'm just like, no offense, but I don't know if you know what you're talking about, which is fine. That's why why education (laughs) is the second tab on Dead Cool. Exactly. (laughs) And sometimes I like talk to certain buyers and they're just like, I'm just like, this is not like, this is not right. It doesn't really makes sense but again like it's all about educating yourself and you know feeling feeling confident in the things you're saying but yeah I mean it's definitely true and it's funny that you talk about natural deodorant because when I the first two things I tell people when they're trying to pivot to green beauty or like you know more holistic lifestyle I always say natural deodorant and fragrance are the two things that you should make the switch because those are going directly onto your body, into your skin. Right. And we absorb everything we put on our skin, even mascara, which, you know, I've had my fair share of finding like the right green mascara. But I finally found it. Which one? Ilia. Oh yeah. I love them. They're great. So good. Their mascara. Like it's it's similar, if not better, than the better than sex two faced mascara. I finally found one that I'm like obsessed with. I tried that one. I have to try. I like, someone needs to make a clear mascara. I'm like into that right now, but I can't really find one. I honestly have never tried that before. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What natural deodorant do you use? I love Corpus. I'm a huge fan of Corpus. I've never heard of them. I'm going to have to try it out. They're amazing. They make really beautiful uh, fragrance compositions. It's all natural. Comes, I have one on my desk right now because sometimes I forget. This is like their mini one. Oh, it's cute. Yeah, I use the third rose or the neroli. And, you know, now I'm friends with the founder and he's awesome. It's a, it's a very small community. <laughs> the Love beauty it. world's very small. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm definitely going to check that out. 
This leads me into our ending segment, which is fun facts and favorites. So let's start with your favorite book or podcast that you found a lot of value in. My favorite, I, it's funny, like two years ago, I started listening to podcasts. I was like, I need to be better about podcasts. I love the Goop podcast. I feel like a lot of my friends find it to be really boring, but I that is so your really vibe. interesting. I, I can yeah. tell it is so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the guests. I love, you know, I think again, like they're very educational. And for me, like, I'm just so interested in whoever they bring on. It could be like a random person who it, you know, any yeah. type of health and wellness. I really love it. I need to get back into it. I haven't, I've been uh, busy, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> just busy to... running a business. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, work <laughs> we're gonna work on that we're we're gonna work yeah. on it for 2021 <laughs> yeah 2020 was the first year that I did therapy and that's like oh that was like life-changing you need to stop working so much I'm like yeah you're right they do well it's also hard when you are a founder or an entrepreneur because more likely than not it's because you're so passionate about what you're doing so you're like that was fun for you at one point, like making fragrances for you was fun for you. For me, YouTube is fun for me. And if one time that's full time, like I just end up doing it so much more than I should be, but it's because you genuinely enjoy it. Where like, if you're working a job you hate, you're not going to have trouble checking out of work. So I think that's where it becomes hard to balance. Yeah, definitely. So what is your favorite essential oil? My favorite essential oil, I'd probably say bergamot is my top. I love the freshness and it's something I use a lot when I compose fragrances. It's like a citrusy note and it's great for like uplifting. I need a lot of that. And I would say lavender is also really beautiful. It's just like a staple. I use it when I take a bath or you yeah. know, right before I go to bed. I put it like Classic. in my mask sometimes to like Ooh. breathe in. Yeah, it's a fun trick that I've been doing. Like I put a little oh, like, like on my that. nose. Oh, I love that. Okay, yeah. skincare product you can't live without. I love the Josh Rosebrook Nutrient Cream. That is, I, I'm very tough when it comes. I don't really wear much of anything, but that is like an SPF. It's a moisturizer. It's beautiful. I love it. I love his stuff. He's really awesome. Okay, we're getting some great recs in this episode. I literally have not heard of any of this, so I'm so excited to like go Google it all after. They have them all at Credo. Credo is a great uh, place for green yes. beauty. Yeah. Okay, my favorite question to ask, what would your last meal on earth be? Probably sushi. I love sushi. I've been making a lot of sushi too in the the pandemic. Fun. Yeah, it's really it's not pretty, but it's tasty and fun. It's a lot of work, but it's good. Yeah, definitely fresh. Okay. Lastly, if you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? That is a very good question. I know. Um, (laughs) I would have to probably say Estee Lauder. I feel like she is like the woman who changed everything when it came to beauty. I mean, my mom actually worked for uh, Estee Lauder in the UK in the 70s, I think, 70s. And it's funny because my mom told me a story that stuck with me forever. She was like a really tough, like Austrian woman and never took no for an answer and, you know, like walked all over these executive men and never, you know, like... She was just apparently an amazing woman. And my favorite story is that she made a a fragrance called Youth Do. And this was like an accessible fragrance, which you really weren't seeing at the time. I mean, this was like, I think the 20s. I don't exactly know. I'd have to ask and maybe someone could fact check. But what happened was she would go into the department stores and they would say like, oh, we're not interested. Like it's too cheap. And like, you're not a brand. I don't know who you are. You're just like some crazy lady. So she would sit outside the department stores and like, like spray people 
with the fragrance or like drop the bottle in the lobby of or like the foyer of the department Stop. store and people would be like what is this scent like can I buy it and then she basically forced them into carrying her brand because so many people were asking about it and I just thought that was so clever that this woman like never gave up never take no for an answer and genius yeah no I mean it's amazing she like camped outside I think it was Saks in New York and just like dropped her bottles and everyone would ask the fragrance department where could they buy this and now like she has an empire and she made it happen yeah exactly this is just like a woman with no background no money I think just had a a vision and came to life awesome I love that answer okay so where can the people find you and keep up with you and all things dead cool yeah so you know follow me on instagram i post a lot about the process i really mainly post about work i try and be private in my personal life just because i've gotten really wrapped up in it and Mm -hmm. sometimes again i'm just like gotta get away from my phone um but i do post a lot about uh, the process and the manufacturing side of things which is really fun to see how things are made so follow me at instagram um, dead cool d-e-d-c-o-o-l go on deadcool.com or if you want to follow my personal page c-a-r-i-n-a-c-h-a-z and yeah that's pretty much it just you know i would say instagram is the best place or like sign up to my newsletter or something because we have some really great uh new content coming out and educational information and all of that good stuff Cool. I'm definitely going to sign up for the newsletter and I will have all these links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed our chat. Me too. Stay safe and warm. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram, so definitely join us all there, and I will see you guys next week. Bye!